This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. I've been faithful over us, and we are grateful. Lord, as we look into your word of life this morning, no matter how short, Father, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. Uh, Lord, your people have come to meet with you. They have not come to hear man. They have come to hear God. Lord, in a way they will understand, Jehovah, please speak to every one of us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. In Jesus' precious name, I have prayed. Amen. Amen. So we started a a series uh, two Sundays ago. (laughs) <laughs> Very interesting, uh, because the song today does not agree with the sermon title. Uh, the song today was saying, what is it that God cannot do? Say, there's nothing God cannot do. But the sermon title is, the things God cannot do. <laughs> you say, Pastor, that is heresy. Well, you need to understand where we're coming from so you can uh, understand the context in which we're saying this. When we talk about the things God cannot do, we're not talking about God's ability. We're talking about God's character and the integrity of God. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 138 and the second verse, it said, God has so elevated his word above his name that God himself has made himself subject to his word. So if somebody, for example, will come and give you a word of prophecy that is contrary to the word of God, if God is the one you are expecting to bring that prophecy to pass, just know that it's not going to happen. Why? Because the almighty God has bound himself by his word. And the scripture tells us that the same applies to you and I. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, the Bible says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient for me. It means I may be able to do something. It doesn't mean I have to do it. Does that make sense? So the expediency there is what is right, what is proper. And because you and I have been made in the image and in the likeness of God, The same way God has bound himself to his word, we are bound by the word of God. Hallelujah. So last time I told us, I'm just going to run through it. We can't go through everything. I said three things. Number one, I said every believer is a theologian because we are always studying about God. Right? And I asked the question, so why do we study God? We study him so that we may know him. Isn't that what Paul said in Philippians? He said that that I may know him, that I may know him, Philippians 3.10. And then the third thing I said, I said the purpose of studying, the purpose of learning is becoming. It is pointless if I'm studying and I'm not living out what I'm learning. Case in point, I gave you the example. You go to nursing school, you know, And after four years of college, you don't become a nurse. That's a waste. That's really a waste. So the reason you went to school 
is so that you can become a nurse. And the objective or the success measure for you is after the given time that you are now a certified, qualified nurse. It could be a doctor, it could be a dentist, it could be anything. So the purpose of learning is becoming, that's very, very important for us to know. So when we learn about God, we learn the attributes of God. The reason we're learning the attributes of God is not so we can talk about it. Oh, God is great. Oh, God is merciful. Oh, God. No, no, no. It's not so you can talk about the attributes of God. It's so that you can become those attributes of God. So when people see you, they see love. When see people see you, they see mercy. When people see you, they see kindness, you know, and they say you are a Christian. Why? Because you are like Christ. So being a Christian is not a title. All the Christians lift up their hand. No, no, it's not a title. <laughs> it's not a title. It's who you are. It's who you are. And if I'm not becoming that person, it just simply means I'm, <laughs> I'm under construction. Amen? And I must willfully and willingly surrender myself to the architect of my life, the almighty God. I gave you an example uh, last time, as I began to talk about God cannot abandon you, I talked about Hagar. I'm just going to leave it there, and then I'll, I'll move on to today's <laughs> today's sermon. So we said the first thing I said, I said things God cannot do, and the number one on the list is God cannot abandon you. Can you say that to your neighbor? Say God cannot abandon you. Can you say to yourself, God, abandon me. God will not abandon me. He will not abandon you in the name of Jesus. To abandon <laughs> means to withdraw support. It means to desert. Somebody had promised you, uh, as you go to school, don't worry about it. I will pay your tuition. Right? <laughs> I will get there. Um, it's one of my desires in life. In the name of Jesus. They have promised you. And then the first year they came through, the second year they scratched the back of their head and said, I will do one semester. The second semester, you just have to sort yourself out. They abandoned the project. Amen. So men may abandon you I want you to know God will never abandon you. Very important for us to know. You know, think about David. David was very happy being a shepherd boy. He was in the back of the wilderness. He was busy writing Psalms. You know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. And he was having a great time. He killed a lion. He killed a bear until promotion came. The Bible says the prophet came to their house I said, God has sent me to anoint a king in this house. And then David was anointed king. And all hell broke loose. He had a period of enjoyment where he enjoyed the promotion. He lived in the palace for a little bit until the one that was supporting him, the one that gave him the opportunity to come to the palace and play his instrument to suit the king and then made him a captain in his army 
One day, he turned and withdrew support. And instead of supporting him, he was seeking to kill him. And David was on the run for about 13 years. If you were in David's shoes, you may begin to think abandoned. Where is God? God, where are you? You told me that I will be the king. Where are you? God, where is your face? And that is what happens to many of us. In fact, I said, as I was, you know, meditating on this, I said to myself that some people, if you hear their story, you know they are entitled to feeling abandoned. Watch this. God made a promise to Abraham. said, you and your wife, I will give you a son. 25 years. By the 10th year, if they are feeling abandoned, would you blame them? And then in the process of time, they decided to do something about their own situation. You know, some, some people will tell you, heaven helps those who help themselves. Do you know that's not scripture? <laughs> the way some people quote it is like uh, John chapter 3, verse 4. <laughs> heaven helps those who help. No, 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 no. That's not Bible. That's not Bible. So people begin to take laws into their hands. They have a backup plan for God. What a reversed order. That you are having a backup for the creator of the universe. Anyway, so they came through with their, with their backup, and it happened as they planned. They got Ishmael, and they were happy. God said, you have a son, but that's not the one I promised you. That's not the one through whom I'm going to bring about the things I have promised you. So I have not forgotten about you. God will not abandon you. David says something in Psalm uh, 119 and verse 71. Listen close to this. It says, my suffering was good for me. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. I love the, the message Bible here. It says, my troubles turned out all for the best. They forced me to learn your textbook. What you're going through... If you don't give up on God, it's going to turn out for your good. One person believed it. Amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, it says all things work together. All things, good, bad, and ugly. All things work together for my good. For the good of those that love God. Do you love God? And according to his purpose, as he saved you, he said, all things will work for good. It means whatever state I am now, here's how I like to say it. This is what I said to myself. Whatever state I'm in, you better enjoy it and just live. Live. Don't stop living. Many people abandon life because one thing is not working out. You have breath. You have life. You can move. You are not on the hospital bed or paralyzed. You can still move. You can still function. You can still get up and go to work even though it's not the type of work you like. <laughs> Think about it. You have so much to be grateful and thankful for. Why? Because God is working it out for you. He's working it out. Even the handkerchief is working out by itself. God is working it out for you. 
Don't sit there all depressed and say, oh, me. Poor me. Listen, listen, watch this, watch this, watch this. When you live like that, what you get from people, sympathy. Sympathy doesn't take you out of your situation. What you need is empathy, not sympathy. Oh, what a shame. Oh, man, this guy, the devil has messed him up. You just become the example of somebody that is messed up. That's all. Right where you are, don't let the enemy steal your joy. It was Jerry Savelle that said many years ago, he said, if the devil cannot steal your joy, he cannot keep your goods. If he can corner you to depression, then he can steal your blessing from you. You must rise above everything. Understand that God is not going to sleep on your matter. Amen? Amen. Psalm 121, the scripture says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. Not from the mountain. The mountain is strong. The mountain is a defense. But my help comes from who? From God. From the Lord. From the Lord. What I want to do today, if I can get to it, is I want to tell you, I have eight reasons here, but I told myself maybe we can cover four. I will see how far we can go. I want to give you eight reasons why God cannot abandon you. Praise the Lord. A couple of, a few scriptures I want you to keep Write this down. If you are the type that writes, if it's your phone, put it somewhere. To remind yourself of what the scripture says. I'm reading from the Living uh, Bible Translation. John chapter 14 and verse 18. John 14 and verse 18. This is Jesus speaking. If you have the red lettered Bible, this must be in red print. Listen now. He says, no. Somebody say no. No. This is God speaking to you. No. No, I will not abandon you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? He says, I will not abandon you. God speaking. Oh, my situation is terrible. This nobody knows. Everybody's living their life. Nobody cares. It might seem true. But God will not abandon you. Amen. Men will abandon you. In fact, I'm jumping ahead of myself now. There are many well-intentioned people that have made very good promises to you. The moment you shift your focus from God to man, you you have set yourself up for failure and doom. Pastor Bode told us a story. An uncle of his had promised him, you know what, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for you. By the time, and the uncle had influence, he had everything. He could do what he promised. By the time it was time for him to do it, he died. Can you blame him? He really wanted to do it. But he died. Do not put your trust in man. The arm of flesh will fail you. The arm of flesh will fail you. You know? Watch this. A lot of people that God has helped, God has helped you already. You have moved 
past that thing, that abandonment, that failure, you have moved past it. You have overcome that situation, but you are still bitter with those people that left you hanging. How unwise is that? David said it was good for me that I suffered. Why? Because it turned my attention from man to God. That's all. What happened between you and them is just a revelation of their humanity, which you have. Amen? Give it up. Give it up. Move on. Move on. Yes, they failed you. But move on. You cannot be stuck in the past. You know what that's going to do to you? The next mountain that you are supposed to overcome, the, the hanging on to the past is just going to prevent it from happening. Hallelujah. He says, no, I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. Jesus is coming to somebody. Oh, he's going to lift you out of that situation. He's going to give you a brand new start, a fresh beginning. In the name of Jesus. Psalm 37 verse 28. Psalm 37 28. The Bible says, the Lord loves justice. Can we read it together? Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. For the Lord loves justice. And very emphatic. He will never, ever abandon the godly. Psalm 27 verse 10. It says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. The Lord will hold me close. The Lord will hold me close. What I'm telling you today is take your focus away from man. God has bigger and better for your life. In the name of Jesus. So very quickly, let's go through this. Why will God not abandon you? Number one, because of his word. The Bible says he has so exalted his word far above his name that it is impossible for him not to do what he has said. The promises that are entrenched in this word, the promises of God for your life will come alive in your life. Why? Because God has spoken it. In Isaiah, the scripture says the word of God, watch this, watch this. Watch this. We thank God for those that are coming in. Watch this. The Bible says the word of God, the promises of God, is like rain from heaven that falls on the earth. He said that water will not return without fulfilling the purpose for which it came. Every word of promise, every word the, the Lord has spoken to you, if it does not come to pass, it is not because of God, it is because of you. Do you have faith enough to believe and to receive what God has for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. The Lord has spoken it. You know, some people say, the, the Lord said it and I believe it, you know, then it will happen. Whether you believe it or not, the word of God, it abides forever. The scripture says in the book of Psalms, it says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It is not my believing that gives power to the word of God. The word of God is solid. If it doesn't happen for you, it will happen for somebody next to you. 
So the prayer is it must happen for me. Hallelujah. Watch this. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord will, the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. He is God. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, too difficult for him to do. I've been in all kinds of situations. I made up my mind today. I'm not going, it's not going to be uh, me giving you examples of me. Let's just read scriptures together. He has delivered me from many tight corners that I felt, oh, it's all over. You know? And over the years, don't let me go there. Let's just stay here. Let's stay here. Let's stay here. Come with me. Uh, Hebrews. No, we are not. Yeah, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Watch this. Say, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. You know, there's a, there's a video clip that I showed many years ago. I don't know if some of you will remember. Uh, the hot chocolate, the cup chocolate, uh, is something about hot chocolate. You know, I saw something yesterday that reminded me of that. You know, this one is talking about the coffee. But it's the same, the same gist. So an old professor, his old students came to hang out with him. You know, so he was going to test them. So what he did was he asked them, and everybody was complaining about how difficult life was. You know, this is not working, that is not working, you know. All kinds of things not working. Everybody was complaining. So he listened to them very carefully. And finally he said, does anybody want coffee? Everybody said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee is good at this time. That will help calm the nerves. You know, so he went, brewed fresh pot of coffee, brought it to them. And what he did was he brought them different kinds of cups. He brought some very exquisite cups some very fancy cups, and then he threw in some styrofoam cups. If that was you, would you put big styrofoam cup? So everybody, of course, they picked the nice ones, and the styrofoam cup was standing alone. And this is what he said to them. He said, what you really want is coffee, not the cup. Regardless of the vessel the cup came in, it, the quality of the coffee is still the same thing. Nothing has changed. He said, but many of you, you are focused on the fancy, oh, I want the very beautiful coffee. He said, that is what is causing stress in your life. The container. The container. You have a car, but you want the other car that AK has. I like that Acura. You know, in fact, they said they are, that car can drive by itself and just gauge the lines, you know. Yes, he can do it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he can do it. Yeah. So that, that, that's the one. And then because you want Acura, the Toyota Corolla you have is not good enough, and you are depressed. <laughs> you are working double, triple, so you can save up. You, you see how you are causing situation for yourself? <laughs> Listen, don't love money is what he says. Be satisfied with what you have. <laughs> how many of you have moved 
either from one apartment to another or from one house to another. Anybody? I've done it. Moving from one house to another shows you how rich you are. We had boxes in my garage for four years that we never opened. So one day I called Joshua. I said, Joshua, I need your help. All these boxes, just take them in the van. I don't care what you give to Goodwill. Go throw them in the dumpster. Whatever you do, I don't care. If it's been boxed up for years, I didn't open it. I don't need it. So when we go about life, you want to buy this, you want to get this, you want to amass, you want to amass stuff that you are going to dump. After buying it, now what? Then you want the next thing. Okay, now you got it. Now what? Oh, then you want the other thing. What's involved? Watch this. God will never abandon you because he said so in his word. Isaiah chapter 49, 14 and 15. I'm reading from the Good News Bible. Isaiah 49, 14 and 15. He said, but the people of Jerusalem said, the Lord has abandoned us, the Lord has forgotten us. So you are not the first to complain that God has abandoned you. And I won't be the first either to complain that God has abandoned you. You know, <laughs> the book of Psalms, if you don't know, has genre. Say genre, 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 genre. Oh, it has genre. One of, <laughs> watch this, watch this. <laughs> Many of you laughing at me. You are laughing because you are the same way as me. <laughs> watch this. One of the genres of the book of Psalms is lament. David had a lot of lament. I was shocked as I was working on it. So watch this. It says, they were complete. They are lamenting. God has abandoned us. God has forgotten us. Verse 15. So the Lord answers. God gave them an answer. You say, I've abandoned you. He says, can a woman forget her own baby and not, the, and not love the child she bore? Even if a mother shall forget her child, I will never forget you. That is what God has said. It does not matter what my situation looks like and feels like. What would you rather believe? The scripture says, whose report would you believe? Say, we will believe the report of the Lord. I would rather hold on to the word of God than mess around with thoughts in my head. Even when it doesn't make sense, I say, Lord, I'm not going to say it, but you know how I'm feeling <laughs> inside of me right now. Because this is not working out. But he knows. He says, I will never, I will never forget you. Number two, why God will never abandon you. Number one is what? His word. Number two, he is not man. He is not man. Honestly, honestly, by a show of hands, don't mention their name. <laughs> How many people have been abandoned before? In fact, if I show you bruises of abandonment, you'll be amazed. In fact, you can inscribe 
names on my body of <laughs> serious abandonment. You know, because people just come and they blow hot and they say all kinds of things in the moment. And then before you know it, they're gone. The same people that were promising you heaven and earth. Watch this. But I want us to be careful here. And the reason being that it is possible, like the example of uh, Pastor Bode's uncle that I gave earlier, it's, people have good intentions. There are good folks, good folks. They really want to help you. But because of what God is teaching you in particular, it will make it impossible for them to be able to help you. So that you can reprioritize. So you can reset your thinking and your brain and everything. You can reset. Why? Because vain is the help of man. There's no human being that can sustain your life. None. The richest man in the world cannot sustain your life. There was a very, very wealthy man in Nigeria back in the day. Very, very, he was the richest man in Africa during his time. His wife died of cancer. All the money in the world could not save her. Is it you that you are his cousin that he will save? When he can't save his own wife. <laughs> or oh, you that you are his employee that he likes very much. Is it you he will save? Then is the help of man. Man may have very good intentions of helping you, but God is working in your life and he has a great and a mighty plan for your life that if you hang on to the skirt of man, you will not go far. So he just pulls back. And then God now, God now eventually does it for you, and you are angry at the man that God prevented from being able to do it. The man couldn't stand God. He couldn't resist God. Stop being mad at them. Give it up. God has done it for you already. Move on. Move forward. God is what? God is not man. He will not fail you. He will not disappoint. He is the God of the hills. He is the God of the valley. He's the all and the mighty God. And there is nothing too difficult for him to do. He will help you. Amen. I say God will help you. Amen. Numbers 23 verse 19. Numbers 23 verse 19. God is not man. So he does not lie. <laughs> God is what? He's not man. He doesn't lie. You have never lied. Raise your hand. So we see the first liar. <laughs> you know, white lie, green lie, blue lie, purple lie. You know, some kind of lie just to get you out of that difficult situation. He said, but nobody is getting hurt. You are still a liar. Watch this. Watch this. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. God is not flippant. You know, it's not one way today and then another way tomorrow. How do you know such a person? They are just chameleons. White today, green tomorrow, whatever the background is, that's the color they take. That's humans for you. He, has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? It's a question. Do you know any such thing about God? 
If you do, you have not known the God that I'm talking about. Watch this. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. The Living Bible Translation. Say, but these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. What scripture saying to you? God is an on-time God. He's never too early and he's never late. He's an on-time God. If it has not happened yet, he's still working something out for you. Oh, I remember before I got married, I, 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 before I got to a city, I stopped praying. I prayed for years and years and years, you know, just all kinds of people showing up that I was not interested in. You know, I'm like, they bring food, bring... I don't like you like that, sis. So I, just, I just carry my face and go another direction. So after a while, I just stop praying. I'm like, when God is ready, he will give me my wife. You know? And then maybe like two years after I stopped praying, my wife just shows up. Ah, this is the one. This fine chick. This one, this is the one. In fact, all the people that knew me, some of our senior pastors, they say, ah, Koye, are you sure? We know you. You are a very careful person. You take your time to make decisions. You know, I say, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> they asked me the million-dollar question. Is it because of America? <laughs> I said, no. no. Even my father-in-law stood up for me. He said, Koye, if it's America, when the time is right, he will go. He's a university professor. Somebody will sponsor him one day. He may not be now, but sometime in the future, he's going. It's not it. Friends, wait for it. Wait for it. The fact that it has not happened yet, understand that God is not man. He has not forgotten about you. One, everyone that works closely with me, they know this. You can remind me of something I promise. Remind me ten times. It doesn't bother me. Because I forget. The moment I walk away, you know, I remember, I remember, and then somebody else tells me something else. You know, I begin to think about that, and then that one tells me something else. I begin to think. So I, I tell everybody, call me, remind me to help me maintain my integrity. That's, that's what I tell them, the people that I work with. I say, remind me to help me keep my integrity. You know, because I'm human. Man will forget. They really want to help, but they have forgotten about it. They move on to the next solution. Hallelujah. Number three, and I'll stop with this, his love. Why will God never abandon you? He loves you too much to abandon you. Too much. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, you know that, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What humans do, you know, if they see a fault with you, what will they tell you? They say, go clean up, go take care of yourself, come back, I will help you. But that's not God. That's not God. 
Romans 5, 8, he said, while we were yet sinners, we were still in the midst of it. While we were still in the midst of the mess, Jesus came and died for us. Amen? He loves you too much. He said, for, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Human beings will say, go and repent and then come. Let me see if I can consider to help you. Praise the Lord. But that's not God. Jeremiah 31, 3. He said, the love with which I have loved you is an everlasting kind of love. It means it doesn't run out. It doesn't run out. The love of God for you is guaranteed. He won't stop loving you. It doesn't mean you will make heaven. (laughs) That's a different thing. Because if you are living in sin, his love, because he loves you, even though you are living in sin, because he loves you, he will still be reaching out to you. Asking you to come back to him. Come back to me. 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 Why? Because he loves you very dearly. And he doesn't want you to go to hell. He loves you too much to do that. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The love with which God loves us is an everlasting love. Please rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.